You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. Welcome to the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You are joined by thousands of photographers listening to this show who are all on the same journey to master their photography. I'm Jeff Harmon, the host for this episode, and today I'm joined by Erica Kay and Connor Hibbs. Thanks so much for coming on the show, guys. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It's been a while. It Miss has, you guys. It has <laughs> been. It has been. I'm so excited. We, Erica, we needed you for this episode really bad because there's, there's <laughs> an important discussion we need to have. It's one that we've had before, but it, it's times change. Uh, year over year, things change, services change, how we use things changes. So I'm sure we're going to, this won't be the last time we talk about it either. And we, today we want to talk about Instagram. And, uh, and the, one of the reasons that, or things that prompted this discussion was a, a news story that, that really made the rounds, kind of went a, a little bit viral, viral as far as like the photography world goes, <laughs> not really viral to the, the world, but at least in the photography world, it made pretty good waves among like the more mainstream photography media. And if you don't follow a lot of photography media stuff, then you may not have heard it. And that's going to be fun because you'll hear it now. <laughs> but what happened was in, in late January, 2019, there was a story that came out and uh, like Petapixel covered it and F stoppers covered it. And that that's where I kind of got led onto it. But I went and found the original source. And, and what it was is uh, it was a video on YouTube. Um, there was a, a host of the channel. Uh, Chris Doe is his name. And um, the channel is The Future. It's Future with no E, F-U-T-U-R. And, um, and he was talking with uh, commercial photographer Yvonne Roman. Um, and, and it was a very interesting discussion. So the, the topic of the video was do likes and followers on social media get you jobs? And uh, and they wanted to discuss Yvonne's role in particular. Y- Yvonne is a professional photographer. She's really highly educated in photography, has 25 years of professional photography experience producing high-end photo shoots. We're talking about like shoots that are multi-day shoots with a big for a big brand name with a budget in the at least tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. So these are really serious photo shoots, and she's been doing this for a long, long time. And she said, as she was in this discussion in the YouTube video, which we'll put a link to in the show notes so you can go see it yourself, it's, it's an interesting discussion. Uh, she said she has a very highly contentious relationship with Instagram. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> she feels like it's, it's, uh, it's today's world. She has to beat Instagram um, for jobs. She has to overcome Instagram, which is really an interesting perspective that I don't think I'd really heard any photographer say. And uh, to her, Instagram feels like high school all over again. It's, it's photographers who have to win a popularity contest. And your being able to do the job isn't really at stake or important with Instagram. The, the quality of the photos themselves and, and the, the, what the images are in the posts don't seem to be nearly as important as being popular and appealing to wide, broad audiences in some, some fashion. Um, people that, that just shoot with their iPhone, she talked about that on the, in the video, seem to be doing just great. And, uh, and there's very low image quality, in her opinion, compared <laughs> to what she's producing. So anyway, she, she really dislikes Instagram. She, fi- she finds it difficult. And the primary reason why she said she dislikes it, she won a job with Canon, and it was going to be the biggest job of her career. 
Uh, she was super excited about it. Canon was super excited about it, at least on the creative side. They, they thought they'd found the perfect match, the ideal photographer to produce the images that they were looking for. And then yeah. after she had had this initial like, yep, you get the job. We're going to go with you. We'll, we'll start working out the details now. Uh, about 20 minutes after that discussion, they called her back and they said, we are so sorry. We just heard from HR and we can't hire you because you don't have 50,000 followers on Instagram. And it's so crazy. It was, yeah, she was devastated. She was just devastated. Like, what? I, I can do this. And she tried to say, like, I've got 25 years of experience here. I know how to produce this shoot. I know how to, I've connected with the right people to help us with all the other elements that go into this besides just the, the camera and, and photographing things. What are you talking about? I can't do this without 50K. And I said, I'm sorry, it's an HR rule, Canon. We can't, we can't hire you to do this. And um, she was, yeah, just devastated and was trying to get seek out some help with this. So that's kind of what's prompted our discussion today. That's what I, why I wanted to, to talk through it. I want to go through pros and cons, uh, how we are using Instagram today, because uh, with the different types of photography that we do, um, Connor, Eric, and I all have different objectives and different things that we're doing with photography, um, which, which all of our listeners have different objectives too. So, and, and really this is going to be kind of a, a personal decision for you, I, I think in the end, that's, I think where it's going to end up, but let's, let's talk through it. Let's, let's start it out. Um, I want to talk first about my interest <laughs> with hobbyist photography. So I want to talk about how important Instagram might be for hobbyist photographers in 2019 first. Um, so let, let's, 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 go through that and let well first off do you guys have any other things you'd like to say about the story i so, go, go ahead, ahead connor you can go ahead okay so i as as i was reading through our notes and and you're describing the story i found myself saying Yes, I agree with that. No, I hate that. Yes, I agree with that. <laughs> on both sides, though, both on her side and on Canon's side. So I feel like I'm like really stuck in the middle. So Instagram is, yes, it's a good place for for people like us to, to feature our work and get our work seen, but it's also a place for businesses to make money and advertise themselves. So in Canon's situation, or in this situation with Canon, they have this expectation that they want people with very large amounts of followers to be their best representatives because they want influencers, you know, yeah. as their people that they're hiring. And and I understand that. I get that. I have several Instagram accounts and one of my Instagram accounts is for my travel company. And we're kind of in hibernation right now because of some developments with our other businesses. But this at the peak of my travel company's Instagram, we were at about 12,000 followers. And with that amount, we were considered influencers. So right. we had hotels begging us to stay with them for free. We had companies giving us product for free because we were influencers, because it is their job as a as a company to find people that will best represent their business and their brand and their product. Right. So I kind of get Canon's canon side of the story a little bit so maybe i'm playing devil's advocate here but i understand that yeah yeah i'm 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 sitting in a similar boat and something that that 
kind of bothers me about this. I, I didn't watch through the whole video. It, it seems like it's great, but it's also 50 minutes long. And it I is, have yes. any time um, in my <laughs> schedule for anything. Um, so so 50 minutes to set aside to watch an interview was not in the cards for me um, recently. But something that it seems is that this is all coming from her and her side of the story. And I'm inclined to believe her. But at the same time, I wonder if there's really more to it than just... 50,000 followers or nothing. I, I wonder if there was more of an explanation behind the scenes at Canon HR than just the 50,000 followers. I, I think that, especially if you're putting a bunch of money into a campaign, um, part of that money that you're putting in, I, I don't blame Canon for considering um, the influencer status of the individual shooting it. Um, so I, I I don't blame them. I don't think that they're entirely in the wrong. But at the same time, I'm like, well, but there are other metrics to show that a person is an influencer. And it, Instagram is not the end all be all when it comes to that. Definitely not. Right. Yeah. And, and I can't understand why in today's world for Canon, um, the influencer space... I'll just like not specific to Instagram because there's the other social networks that have influencer yeah. kind of stuff too. But that that is a, a an important thing for them. They need to reach that millennial generation where that's the primary way they're getting marketed <laughs> is yeah. is through influencers on these social networks. So I can understand why there might even be HR policy because of the marketing groups or whatever at Canon that have probably yeah. said, look, we, in order to make sure we continue to be successful as a company, we have to, to reach the newer generations. We've got to figure out how to, how to do both. We've got to stay marketing the current generations, but we got to, the new generations being marketed to differently. And, uh, and we got to stay up with that. So I, I, I can understand in part two, Eric, I, I'm torn as well. <laughs> that why why they're doing this, but man, that seems that seems like a high bar. 50k uh, followers. That's a lot of followers. Um, and it's got. I got to think there's just not that many photographers that could do those kinds of shoots that have that many mm -hmm. followers. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I mean, I, I think that in order to build a following like that you have to dedicate a lot of time and effort and energy into oh, yeah. building a following. And the, part of the thing that I question here is, well, what about all the time and effort that a person is not putting into building a following that they are instead becoming a better photographer? Right. And it, isn't there something to be said just from the work itself where maybe that would should override the notion that the person doesn't have the biggest following? Right. Okay, yeah, so and, and I agree with all of that. I mean, those are excellent points. But at the end of the day, Canon's marketing department is the one yeah. that is in charge of, uh, you know, of who they're going to work with. They can see the creativity and the skill and the talent and appreciate that. But like, I think we were talking about this before we even started recording. Having the final say seems to Canon, at least, is based on your influence yeah. and the amount of people that that photographer has following them that will then see the work that they've produced for Canon. And I don't know. I, I just, it sucks for her and <laughs> I don't necessarily agree that 50,000 is a realistic number, but their marketing department must have a reason for it yeah. and must have, have luck finding photographers who are skilled and have a following that large yeah. to be able to work with them. Well, like, like anything in the world, uh, the success of the marketing has more to do with your success as a company than anything else. Like you, you have history to show you things where you had, let's go all the way back to, to like video tapes 
and way back, I, I don't know if you guys remember, you had VHS with, that survived and beta that didn't, right? And technically, beta was a superior product, but their marketing was not close and they lost. And I, I, I can't relate to that one, but okay. I mean, you also had the same thing with uh, HD versus yes, Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Marketing made it win. And I, I don't know that, that the technical part is the same there. I think Blu-ray might have had a technical advantage anyway. But regardless, it doesn't matter because the marketing made it win and the other died. And and so, yeah, I totally get why big brands like Can- Canon's dominated the, the market for a long time, at least uh, with cameras. And, um, and they're, they know what they're doing as far as marketing goes to make that happen. They have good products. I don't know if they're completely technically superior to others. I prefer them myself, but it's maybe I've been a result of marketing too. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, so who knows, but I, I understand why I, there might be a motivation for Canon to have such a rule seems a little extreme, but I understand the motivation to have it. Let's move now into like how we use Instagram. Let's, let's talk through, through our own usage. Cause you know, to me, this whole story about Yvonne and the commercial, that's so foreign to me. I I can't even fathom it. I'm a hobbyist photographer. Uh, I, there's no way I'd have any kind of shoot like that. I mean, it'd be super fun to be there and, and kind of see what, what goes on. But, uh, that's not my deal. <laughs> um, I do paid shoots. I mean, just for listeners who who aren't familiar with me, I do have some paid shoots that I do, mostly family portraits. Um, mostly, though, just to fund my expensive hobby. It's not. I am not looking to make money from my photography. It's not my primary reason for doing it. I do it because I have fun with it. I enjoy it. I enjoy the technical challenges of it and... Uh, I enjoy the creative aspects. It kind of meds, bring, blends two worlds together for me with creative and technical. And I, it's just super fun. I mean, I, I'm going to be doing it, I think, well into retirement. That's kind of my plan. Um, so that's where I'm coming from with this. And I don't use Instagram because I've made a personal choice there. Instagram, and we're going to talk about this some more in some tips at the end of the show, but it takes a lot of effort. Erica's already kind of talked about this. It takes some effort to really do Instagram well and, mm-hmm. and some time. And I, as a hobbyist, not looking to make a lot of money off of photography, I've decided it's not worth my time. I did contemplate doing a little more at one point. I even went out and created a separate account from what I was doing with my personal kind of posts on Instagram um, with the thought of putting some of my landscapes out there and trying to see if I could I could build that up so that I could sell some photos using Instagram. There's a I'll talk about a well in fact I'll, I'll say it now. There, there's a guy I had on Photo Taco, um, the Photo Taco podcast. Oh, it was 2017, so it's been a bit. His name is Josh Packer, and I did an episode called Instagram Like a Pro which was tips that he provided back then. And Josh is, is similar to me. That's why I had him bring him on. He's an accountant by day. And then he has a very passionate landscape photography hobby, uh, every chance he gets outside of work. And he built a, an Instagram account where I think when I looked last, he's somewhere around, uh, I don't think he's broke 10,000 yet, but, um, he's real close to breaking 10,000 followers and he's only following, um, I think it was 300 or so. And, oh, well, sorry. He has 80,000 followers. That's right. 
I, I put 80. in the show notes. He has wow. 80,000 followers. Damn. Well, apparently he can work with Canon. <laughs> and yeah, apparently so. And and he, he only follows 300 people on that account. And so super successful. Obviously, that's that's a massive success. He's not a, a pro photographer. I mean, he does pro level work, but he's not spending. It's not his primary income. It's not the way he's making his money. He's an accountant. And so I found that really interesting. I was like, hey, will you come on the show and tell us how you did this? And so you can go listen to the episode if you want to get his tips from 2017. I don't know that those tips will all apply to today because Instagram doesn't standing still. They, they change things. And um, I, I asked him actually late last night when we figured out we were going to record. I was like, hey, is there any chance you could happen to come on? And he said, no, not, not ready. <laughs> but um, maybe I'll, I'll refresh that on Photo Taco soon, too. He was interested in getting together again and, and talking through his experience. But um, the, the thing that I got out of that, it, made me, it gave me hope. Like, well, it's, this is possible. I could do this. Even though I'm not a, a full-time photographer, I could create an account. I could go and, and maybe I'd be able to, to sell some landscape photos. So for him, it has absolutely led to sales. In fact, I believe, I'm pretty sure, Instagram is the primary way he's marketing his photos. I don't think he's doing anything else. And um, he has a website. So his Instagram, of course, the bio link goes to his website so that people can go find his work. And But it's primarily Instagram, and the, but he's posting like pretty much every day. He rarely misses a day. And he has these super engaging posts. So beautiful work. It's um, a lot of his images are specifically composited, uh, not composite, composed <laughs> for Instagram. So he, he's keeping the Instagram, you know, work, look in mind as he's shooting. He makes sure that he has some other works too, because when you go then to buy it, they usually want something in a different aspect ratio and different format than what Instagram shows. But he's making sure he has shots from as he's out and shooting that are composed specifically for Instagram. And, uh, and then on every post he makes, it's an engaging post. It's something where he's asking his followers questions and asking them to, to do things. And then every person that comments on his posts and he gets a lot of engagement on his posts, he's reacting, he's harding all of their, their comments. He's, it, there's a lot of work that he's doing. He's as, yeah. as he's, working on this and it's very successful for him. I, I think it's doing a really good job for him. So yeah, well, I'll put a link to the photo taco podcast episode, Instagram, like a pro, or you can just search on the site, photopodcast.com and, and Instagram, like a pro and you'll be able to find it. Um, and we're, we're going to go through some more tips at the end of the show, but that that's what made me think, Oh, maybe I should do this and why I went and created an account. But then as I was thinking about it, I was like, yeah, okay. But I really, that's not what I need in my life right now. <laughs> I don't yeah. even, I don't even need to go out and sell my landscape photos. That's not a crucial thing for me right now. And of course, I'd love to sell some, but the effort it would take and the time it would take to make that happen for me personally right now, where I am in my life, yeah, it's not worth it. Not, not worth the effort for me to, to do that. I have so many other things I want to do that uh, prioritizing it, I decided yeah, I'm going to wait. I'll do this later. If it's still a thing in a few years when I might have more time when my kids are not here anymore, then maybe I'll, I'll do it then. But for now, it's not worth it for me. So that's that's where I'm at with it. That, that sounds reasonable to me. I, the, the thing that 
I was getting from all of that is just the level of work that that yeah. takes. And I could see, I can see why for some people it makes sense to put in that kind of effort, that kind of work, especially if, if you really want to just grow a following and, you know, make a little bit of side money here and there. And it's just a fun hobby for you. If you enjoy it, then sounds great. But, uh, that sounds like a lot of work for, <laughs> um, I mean, it sounds like he's getting pretty good returns, but I, I think that results will vary for something like that. Yeah. So, uh, do you think it's possible, and maybe we should just wait for the tips part of the show, but is it possible to be successful with Instagram without doing that? Um, I am not great with Instagram, so <laughs> I am not the person to ask about that. Erica, what about, what do you think? Is, is it possible to get, to grow a, a good following and have engagement without posting every single day and uh, you know, really focusing on what you're going to post there and making a, a concerted effort like really frequently on Instagram. Well, I think that was two separate questions there. Okay, so right. if, if I, I do not think that you have to post every day in order to grow your account. Um, I don't post every day. I post maybe once a week uh, and I have a pretty decent sized following. I have 3,800 followers or something like that. Um, and like I said, I don't post every day. Sometimes I don't even post once a week. Uh-huh. So I don't think that's the case. But I do think what you're posting and how you're posting it is important for that. So your the second part of your question was, um, you know, taking the time to really post engaging content, good content, uh, and my answer to that is yes. And I definitely want to talk about that more when we get okay. to the, the questions and the tips section at the end of the show. Okay. So let, let's, uh, now that I've talked about kind of the hobby thing and, and I think it's just going to be for me, my advice for fellow hobbyist photographers would be, you just got to decide, is this, is this going to be the primary way you're going to market your photos? If you do want to, if you want to, to market them, Instagram is probably one of the best ways to do it. That's it's obviously being used by, by Canon, who's got, you know, huge marketing outlets to, to deal with and it's become a focus for them. Uh, so, so yes, if, if that's the way you want to do it, that's probably a good way. Just make sure you realize what you're in for. (laughs) You need to spend some time on this. You need to figure out Mm -hmm. how to use the platform. You need to figure out what, how to make engaging posts, um, checking out some, some accounts that are, like photographer accounts that are in the same genre that you would be doing, look at what they're doing, uh, find successful ones that have a lot of followers and, and see about what they're doing to, to learn from it. Um, but you got to decide if you're going to want to make that time investment. Cause I think there's going to be one if you're going to do it. So now let's, let's, that would be my general advice for hobbyists. They're going to have to decide for themselves. Is it worth it? What about Erica? You you've said you you run multiple accounts and it's really provided some help for you. Why don't you tell us about how this is for like professional photographers, commercial photographers in particular? Yeah, so I I do have multiple accounts, but for for this purpose I'm just going to focus on my photography accounts. So I have two very different photography companies. Erica K Photography is what most of you know and recognize. Uh, that is my baby. That is my number one photography company. And that's 
where I focus on weddings and engagements. And sometimes I've actually started getting into a little bit to more maternity, families, babies, that kind of stuff, which I never thought I would say babies, but <laughs> no kidding. here we are. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, mostly just for my my clients, my wedding clients who you know, go on to have a baby. Um, so that company is very retail based in terms of the service that I'm providing. My second company is UA Creative Studios, and that's where I focus on commercial work. So we do lots of corporate headshots, lots of uh, commercial work with lifestyle, food, product, architectural photos and videos, lots of corporate events, marketing materials. That's the commercial side of things. Um, and Instagram does play like really different roles in both of these companies. So for Erica K, which I said is more retail based, it's really important that my clients know who I am, uh-huh. not just my business, but me, because the business is me essentially. So my, I use Instagram as a mix of both personal and professional uh, information. So my, my gallery itself is, is really carefully curated. Um, and I view it as a portfolio of my professional work with a little bit of personal stuff sprinkled in. But the personal stuff that I include in there are professional photos, whether I've taken them myself or somebody else has. They match the aesthetic of my professional work. Um, my stories and my highlights on Erica K are a mix of my professional work, my hobbies, my client experience, all the things related to me and my business. So this gives my clients the opportunity to to know me as a person and also know my business. Now for UA Creative, since we are more focused on um, like corporate clients, we're very professional. We're also a conglomerate. So there are several of us working together. It's not just an individual company. We focus a lot. Uh, we focus more on our professional content with just a little bit of personal, but still work related posts and our stories. Uh, so that is, you know, it, these two accounts are used in two very different ways because of the way our businesses, the businesses are structured and the people who are viewing our, our Instagram accounts most often. Yeah. I, I, I would say. Like many things, as a business person, um, it, results will vary, and <laughs> you should do things differently depending on what kind of business you have. So in the way that Erica explained that her two different pages have very different feels, purposes, uses for them, I have found that, I mean, we'll say last year, I went from the year prior having probably about 90% of my clientele being retail portraiture, um, to last year, I would say over 90% of my clients were were businesses and um, corporations, events, commercial headshots, and things like that. My Instagram, I, I only have the one, and it is built towards that, that retail portraiture client. Mm-hmm. And I, I've just found that I don't get results that I'm looking for when I post to Instagram anymore. Um, that's because my focus has changed. So I, I'll still get results. I still get people. If I post images, I will get people asking me to do portrait sessions. But because I am less interested in that type of portraiture, um, as far as making my money doing that, it, it is just I, I've become quite the Instagram hater because I, I find that um, it's not the best place for me to come off as a, a professional professional trying to speak to other professionals and 
even when I'm speaking to portrait clients, I, I, at least with the following that I have, I don't know if it's my area, what it might be, but it seems that a lot of the, the portraiture clients that I get from there, even when I'm posting, are not even my ideal client anymore. So I think it, it really depends on what your business is and who you're trying to appeal to, because I know people here in Colorado that are doing incredibly well for themselves posting on Instagram and posting regularly and staying very engaged, um, but that's because the type of work that they shoot and want to make money with um, happens to coincide with the type of audience that you find on Instagram. I find myself much more successful in doing stuff on LinkedIn and uh, finding people on Facebook or just through word of mouth, emailing, things of that sort. And and it is much less about posting photos on, on a regular and trying to build a following that way for me at this point in my work. So I, I, I think that's why I decided not to do it. I am getting all of the family portrait sessions I can handle. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking to expand that at all. In fact, I'm turning away some of them now because I'm like, yeah, I just don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah. This, I do this as a hobby. And I, I, for close family, for close friends, yep, let's, let's figure out the time and let's go shoot. And that, that'll be fun. But um, yeah, I've, I've had lots of word of mouth kind of referrals now. I don't need to be trying to push that out on Instagram and, and get even more people that I'm going to turn away. Yeah. So, so that, that's part of why I've decided not to. And then the other part, yes, I have some landscapes I'd love to sell. Of course, that's like, that's, um, that's a way I could make money from it without any effort. The shot, I already have the shot. That's already done. That's already finished. I've already edited it. Now, if I could just sell it and, and sell some copies of it, that's like awesome. But the, that's where I decided it's just not worth it to me is the effort it would take. I don't know if I'd even be successful doing it. I don't know how good my landscape compares with, with other stuff out there. But um, the effort it would take to, to try to sell it is just, for me right now, not worth it. So, But, but Erica, you, you mentioned, well, let's, let's say with commercial, your commercial photography business. Do you, is, it the, is Instagram the primary way you're marketing? Not at all. <laughs> so um, we have a marketing department that focuses on mar marketing and they, to be honest, they've done a really crappy job at Instagram okay. um, until just within the past, I would say, couple of months. I kind of, I am shifting my role at the studio a little bit um and p putting more effort into the social media side of things so now that i'm more involved in it we're stepping up our game on instagram um but up until then no not not at all we would occasionally like run an ad or whatever and, and got you know, a couple clients or a couple new followers or whatever um but up until recently we were focusing mostly on marketing through um like google ads facebook ads networking things like that Okay. Yeah, we're going to continue talking more about Instagram. We have some more things to go over. But first, we need to thank the sponsor for this episode. Clear out your camera roll and print your favorite moments. Get 15 free square prints from Nation's Photo Lab. Head on over to nationsphotolab.com slash print your photos and use the code improve 15. Nation's Photo Lab prints are made by photographers for photographers. Choose from the popular 4x4 or 5x5 size prints on their professional quality luster paper. And voila, you've turned your Instagrams into instant memories that'll last for years to come. You're a photographer. You know that your photos don't belong on your phone. So preserve them. Showcase them. These prints are the perfect way to personalize any space. Fill up those empty frames that are sitting on your shelves. Make a collage of photos to put in your office. 
Use the prints and a decorative banner for your bestie's bachelorette party. Print your trips overseas, your baby's first steps, or your client's photos. Nation's Photo Lab prints are the perfect way to capture these moments and preserve them and showcase them forever. Make every moment matter. Try Nation's Photo Lab today and head to nationsphotolab.com slash print your photos and use code IMPROVE15 for your 15 free square prints. That's nationsphotolab.com slash print your photos and code IMPROVE15. Both of you, do you think depending on kind of the style of photography or the type of photography service that you want to sell, that you want to market, um, that that would matter? Like to me, as I'm thinking through it, at this stage right now, people who want to pay for family portraits, they're not millennials. They're they're people that probably have the more traditionally marketed kind of avenues. It's Instagram's not where they're going to go look for portrait, you know, some a photographer to take their family photo. In fact, they'll Yeah. That's probably more word of mouth than anything else <laughs> is going to be going to be th- that way. So so maybe it doesn't make as much sense today to market your services if you want if that's the focus of your photography is family portrait shoots that might not match whereas maybe something with like brides or uh whatever the millennial uh group is going to be the target that makes more sense what what do you think Connor? No, I, I think that especially um, especially for somebody that's looking to do stuff in any kind of a retail space, I think that Instagram is a much more friendly platform um, for them because you, you have a lot of people that are consumers of that type of content. I think even if you shoot families, um, I would just pay attention to what kind of families you're sharing, what, what kind of content you're putting out there, and maybe focus on younger families, uh, people that – because millennials, I, I think the cutoff for a millennial is what now, like 37, 38? Oh, is that right? Um, So, so the millennial generation is getting into family age or has been in family age for a while now. And I I think that in general, uh, my generation is on Instagram a lot. So I I think that you can still even post family stuff. I would just, um, you know, focus more on youth or young kids in the family things, uh, families of that sort. Uh, But things like wedding engagements, um, couples that, Valentine's shoots or maybe boudoir, things like that, I think are all great sources um, of material that you could post on Instagram, build a great following and build a great business with it. I've, that's kind of where I was coming coming from with the, it really depends on what your business platform is. Um, for me, I'm, I'm shifting the direction. I, I have been shifting the direction of my business more and more towards like corporate headshot and event work. And Instagram is just not the place to come off as a professional that's trying to be mm-hmm. taken seriously. Um, but I, I absolutely understand that it's it's probably a phenomenal platform. I know that a lot of boudoir photographers around here use Instagram as their primary source of advertising and do very well for themselves with that because nobody looks at that and says, oh, you're just shooting for free, you're shooting for fun. They say, oh, okay, you're skilled, you're doing a thing, and this is going to cost me money. Um, where it, it it, I, I don't know. I, I just think that it depends. You have to know what your audience is. And Instagram speaks to a certain kind of audience. And if you are trying to shoot stuff that works with an audience that is on Instagram, then I can see it being a great platform. But for me, the return on investment is just not there. So for me, it's not worthwhile, but I can absolutely see how it could be important to a professional <laughs> even now. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think, Go ahead, I think that any type of photographer can be successful on Instagram. I've seen all different types of photographers be successful on Instagram, but I think it's easier for certain 
types of photography than it is for others. Like you guys have said, weddings, boudoir, that stuff is way easier on Instagram than corporate headshots. But it's not impossible to be successful as a corporate headshot photographer on Instagram. You just have to do different things and you probably have to put more work and time into it than than a wedding photographer. And and And, my question there would be, okay, just compared to other platforms, where do you draw the line? How much how much effort do you want to put into different things and look at at where your business is coming from? If if you're getting a reasonable amount of business from Instagram, no matter what your your field is, then of course, put in the time and effort. Um, But I I think if you're finding great results elsewhere, and Instagram would be a large hill to climb. I don't know if you're not in the right field. I don't know if it's really worth the time to try and build an audience from scratch with something like that. Okay, and, and kind of going back to the the story that prompted the whole show, um, you can see why Canon it would have such a thing. the The people who are successful in Instagram, it's more about them than it is their their work, right? I mean, yeah, we, Erica talked about that too. Yeah, usually getting them to, getting people to know you as a person and being someone that uh, is interesting to them and someone that they they care about following. Almost like, you know, many celebrities. <laughs> mm-hmm, absolutely. <clears throat> that's that's what they're looking for so that they can push their brand um, because it, most of these people, when they look at the photos, they're not going to have a clue that this took, you know, really a ton of effort and production in order to, to create the photos that they're looking at. They won't, they won't appreciate that, the work and the level of effort that comes with that. But they'll if if it comes from an influencer, someone that has a lot of followers and has a presence that is uh, making them a celebrity essentially on Instagram, that has that does more to push their brand than the photo does, and yeah. and I, I I understand that I I get why that's there and, and when you're canon, you can have both. You can say I'm only going to work with people that know how to build make these photos, and they got to have a massive following on on Instagram because you're canon. Totally. Well, and you got to look at the the who is buying too, because it's Canon. So Canon is hiring a photographer. It makes sense that they're going to look for a photographer that has an audience of other photographers, because that person is the influencer for yeah, that market. Right. It would be really weird if Ocean Spray Juice came and said, "Nope, sorry, you don't have fifty thousand followers to a photographer. We're not going to hire you." Because in that instance, well, who cares? My audience is photographers. Right anyone's going to buy too. So who cares what my audience is in that instance? But in this instance, it it does make a certain level of sense because of who the c- company that was hiring is. Okay. So at, at, with listeners of the show that are listening to this episode, what's the advice to, to help them figure out if they should do Instagram or not? What do you think, Erica? Um, I think there's a couple things to consider. First, you need to consider... If you want more marketing outlets, do you need more marketing and do you want more marketing? And if so, let's consider Instagram. And then I think you also need to, to, to think about the time you have available to dedicate to it and mm-hmm. the time it takes to develop a loyal following and actually get clients. So not only do you have to put time in to get your Instagram going, uh, but you also have to put time in to get more followers and then to translate those followers into paying customers. Yeah. So um, it's not an overnight process. It takes it takes a long time to actually see some return on your your 
time investment. And um, you have to decide if you have the time and energy to be able to dedicate to that. Um, And then also, like we just said, think about what type of photography you're doing. And is there some place that might be better suited for your genre than Instagram? Um, I think those are probably the three main considerations. And then it gets into even more as far as, okay, now how do I actually go about doing this if I do choose to go to Instagram? Yeah. And and I think that... well, to kind of piggyback on that, just talking about what kind of results are you looking for? If you're a photographer that wants to just kind of be known in your community as somebody that shoots well, you're kind of a hobbyist, you wouldn't mind making money, then absolutely, go. no matter what you do, go and post on Instagram. If you find joy out of that and building a following and having people interact with your work, I, I can see it as a very beneficial platform just from a... a pleasure-seeking thing. I I think the problem is sometimes people look too much at how many likes they're getting or how many followers they have translates into how many likes they're getting and then don't pay attention to what that actually means for real-world numbers, things that matter to them, such as, all right, well, is the time and effort that I'm putting in here, is that actually bringing me anything to my life other than just the occasional feel-good look at how many likes I have? Um, But I think that there's nothing wrong with starting or continuing and posting heavily to Instagram just for the sake of of some vanity likes and things like that. You just have to make sure that you're keeping it in perspective as to what you're actually gaining from this. It can be a great marketing tool. It can be something that you can really use to bolster a business if you want to do that. It can also just be a great way to have fun and share your work with people that care about you. So I I think that there's no real reason to not do Instagram unless you just dislike it and don't get any value out of it. (laughs) Yeah, okay, which is kind of where I guess I am. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Yeah, I just, it, it, not worth the effort to me. Okay, Erica, you said it takes some time. How long should they expect? Oh, well, uh, uh, to build it, you mean? Yeah. Or daily No, to to build it up. How how long, like, let's say they're like, hey, listening to this episode, I now realize as a photographer, I got to get, I got to up my Instagram game. How long should Mm -hmm. I expect um, it to take before I see some some significant results out of using Instagram for marketing. Yeah, there I can't really give you a time frame because it depends on the amount of time that you dedicate each day and the content that you're providing. So let me give you two two examples, okay. personal examples. So with Erica K Photography, my Instagram has been alive for I don't know five or six years probably. Um, so it has taken me five or six years to get to 3,800 followers to um, make money off of it. I, I mean, I've, I book a few weddings from Instagram each year. So, you know, it, it's just kind of been okay for yeah. me. Um, I only post maybe once a week, like I said. I look at Instagram once or twice a day. I give people some likes. I comment on a couple photos and then I'm done. Now... Going back to my travel company, the one that I said had at its peak 12,000 followers. We reached 12,000 followers within nine months of starting our account. And that was because, yeah, fast. It was quick. We were, and like I said, we were getting free stuff. We were, we were treated like, like royalty. We, because we had so many followers. And that started within six months of starting our account. So, The reason why that happened was because between my business partner and I, we were posting on 
Instagram every single day. We were spending a total of about an hour each day between the two of us um, engaging with other people, uh, following people, commenting on other people's stuff, uh-huh. making sure we were replying to everybody who commented or liked on our own posts. We were super active, super dedicated, super engaged and spending a lot of time on it. So it really depends on what you're going to invest into Instagram. If you are like dedicated and ready to do this and you know you have the time to dedicate every single day to posting, liking, engaging, you can build it up fast and see a return on your investment very fast. But if you do like what I do with Erica Kay and I just post here and there and la-di-da, I just like it. Um it'll take you longer to to see. Not only are are we talking about time, but got to consider that now Instagram has both personal and business accounts. And from a business account, you can sponsor posts, you can pay for advertisements, and that can translate. I mean, it'll vary depending on how much money you're putting into it, but that can translate to building a following, to having people come in. I mean, I, I think that advertising, well, you you have to pay attention to the results. So don't just dump money in it to get a big following when you're not really getting anything out of it for vanity likes. But if you're trying to build a business with it and you can develop an effective marketing plan that is actually going to translate to real dollars and cents and even if you're making a, you know, a small to moderate profit off of it, it might be worth you dumping a lot of money into it. If I'm, if this is out there numbers, but if I spent a hundred thousand dollars on advertising and made a hundred and forty thousand dollars in sales with minimal effort and work on my part in order to do that, well, that's a success, and then that's going to build a huge following really quickly. How many people have a hundred thousand yeah. dollars <laughs> to dump into that, and what kind of uh, results that's going to really give is uh, debatable and probably not the most advisable thing. But the, the fact of the matter is, you could spend money, and as long as you are doing it in a way that is actually going to grow, m- meaningfully grow your audience and grow well, business for yourself, you can spend money and grow something even faster and use that money as as kind of a supplement for the amount of time that you're having to put in. It's not to say that you can just put throw money at it and up, oh, it's going to grow on its own and I don't have to do anything. Uh, but that can maybe um, defer some of the time cost that you might have to put into it to grow to a similar size otherwise. Right. Okay, let's, we're, we're already quite long in the show, so let's, let's get to the tips. Let's get to the, the things that can help. What, what can photographers do to actually grow their Instagram account? Let's start off with um, some common questions that I've, I've heard raised, and I want to get your thoughts, Connor and Erica, on, on it. So the first one is, should a photographer buy followers? I think no. Buying followers is like... That that's a vanity metric, and while it might technically meet Canon's requirement there, if they bought like fifty thousand followers, maybe she should have done that <laughs> to get the job. Um, <laughs> that's true, but it, it's not actually going to end up being you know marketing for you. It's not going to be effective at selling your services or whatever because you bought your your followers, so it's it it doesn't yeah, mean anything there. That's an example of um, spending money that will grow in a non meaningful yeah, following yeah. for you. The, the other problem with that is that there are ways to look at the back end and see what kind of growth a page has and I mean, I, I, who knows what Canon does, but if they were doing their due diligence with a particular photographer and that photographer happened to buy 50,000 followers, um, it, it could be pretty easy for them to look at the back end and see like, all right, they have a few, like, you know, maybe a hundred 
per people every month or even 15 people every month growth and then suddenly gained 40,000 followers, 50,000 followers in a month and a half's time. Well, all right, I know that you just bought 50,000 followers and I'm not going to, to hire you for my thing because I'm looking for meaningful um, followers from an influencer. Um, so I, I also agree. Don't don't do it. It's a vanity metric that doesn't really help you ultimately one way or the other. And I think if anything, if people go to your, your profile and see that you have 50,000 followers, but then look at one of your photos and see that you only get like 50 likes, right. yeah. they're going to know that something's up yeah. and it just makes you look worse. Yeah, definitely run. so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we agree. You don't want to buy followers. It, the, the hard part is it, to some degree, you're competing with people that are, and that's, that's a part of it. I just don't like about Instagram that there's that, that that's a way it works. Uh, I wish they could do something about that. Like, yeah, we can't, you can't buy followers. I, and I think they do try to enforce it somehow, but it's just tough. The, the way that yeah. it works, I, I don't know that they have a really good way to police it. So it's discouraging because of that. You can see some of these accounts that have huge numbers of followers. Like you said, no engagement. There's nobody doing anything yeah. with their work, but, uh, but it's still kind of a, a blow to the ego <laughs> to look at those. All right, next, right. next one. Um, what are your thoughts on the follow unfollow game, Erica? What you you kind of had this one out there. What what do you mean by that? <laughs> oh, I hate it. I hate yeah. it. So if you don't know what it is, it's where people follow you for a few days, hoping that that you'll follow them back and then they just unfollow you whether you follow them or not so it's a way for people to grow their followers while keeping their own follow count low yeah. um that the kind of disparity between how many people follow you and how many people you follow uh i hate it i it feels so dishonest and deceitful and fake and it's really annoying, actually. <laughs> like, it just annoys me it, that people do that. It feels, it feels a little bit like mean girl stuff in real life. Yes. Like, and I, that's what I think Yvonne was saying when she said it feels like high school. Yeah. It feels like a popularity contest. This is exactly what that is. Yeah. yeah well, it's, not, it's, not to mention, like, who cares about your, your follow to follower ratio? I, I, I can see some people take pride in that. Um, but, but really, like, why does that matter that much? <laughs> it, it really doesn't. Like, I, I, I I don't go and follow every single person that follows me, but I, when I am Same. engaged on Instagram, I follow a lot of the people that follow me because when I see somebody follow me, I go and look at their page and if their page seems to have great photos and stuff, I'll follow them back because I'm like, oh, it's, it's a cool thing. We can kind of check out each other's work. It's a fun way to participate in what each other is doing. Um, that that said, the other thing that really bothers me that's kind of in the vein of the follow and follow camp is, oh, I hate people that comment meaningless comments on photos <laughs> yes. that I, I think that that's more irritating to me than the follow unfollowers is people that will c go and post something that is clearly just copy pasted that doesn't really fit with anything that you've said in your post or is just like two emojis you're like okay you've you followed me 30 seconds ago then you commented on five of my photos and i am never going to hear from you again because <laughs> oh, they're probably, probably gonna unfollow you tomorrow yeah. <laughs> exactly and i'm like ah, oh, like i i understand the whole idea that you want you want to comment and engage with people to grow your following but that is not what we mean by that that is the most annoying way to do that like if you're gonna do that and and try and grow your following by interacting don't just say cool and and leave post something meaningful like actually try and have engagement with people and that will grow your your following in a way that will probably mean something versus just somebody who's growing their following to have a bunch of followers for whatever purpose that's not going to actually translate to real success on their page. 
All right, Erica, let's go to a different one now that you also had in there, and that's curating and theming your Insta gallery. So tell me about that. So there's been this big movement in Instagram to make sure that your your gallery or your profile profile or whatever you want to call it is aesthetically pleasing and flows really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is something that I didn't really pay attention to for a long time, probably up until about six months ago. I was like, I don't care what it looks like. I'm just going to have my work on there. I'll have some personal stuff on there. Um, I'm just going to put stuff on there that I'm proud of. And that's fine. A lot of people still do that. But I recently realized that it does look really nice to have some sort of consistency and flow when people go to your profile and just kind of scroll through the actual like feed or the gallery instead of looking at photos one by one. So I I do think it's pretty important. I've actually seen a lot more engagement and more clients booking me from Instagram after implementing this kind of consistency and flow in my gallery. So um, it's, it's not only aesthetically pleasing for the people who are looking at it, but it also shows your potential clients what they can expect from your work. It's just like having your, your portfolio on your website yeah. As a photographer, Instagram pretty much is our por- a portfolio for us. Um, so I think things like making sure your edits are consistent on all of your photos in your gallery, it's not only good photo business practice because you should be consistent in what you're yeah. providing your clients, but it's also just good Instagram practice. Uh, practice. So for Erica K, I do like taking a little bit of extra time to choose what I'm going to post based on the posts that I previously made, uh, just to make sure that it flows well, it makes the gallery look pretty, it looks consistent, um, and it has an overall just more aesthetically pleasing. And when you talk about gallery, you're talking about that grid of photos, right? Yeah, like the grid when you go to somebody's profile, like when you click on somebody's profile and you just see the the three squares yeah you know, and at first it, it shows nine full full nine of them and and part of the the next three in a row right uh, yeah. i think it depends on your phone like on my phone i see two rows of of three, of three. and then half of the third okay. row yeah all right well, something something to keep in mind with your curating is that you can actually um, archive posts, so you can not even delete them. But something that I am a fan of when I use Instagram, which I have been horrible about recently, but something that I do advocate for is if you're trying to, to have lots of engagement and lots of posts, you can post very regularly and then just go back and curate so your, <laughs> right, your grid right. looks nice. So post something, leave it up for a couple of days, and then archive it if it doesn't fit into the rest of the flow of your image. Something oh, that- Connor, you're a genius something that just didn't breaks that. my oh, heart yeah. is people that have been shooting for a while have been shooting three or four years and their style has changed from being a beginner to now having a, a developed sense of style and those people will go through and delete all of their photos and i'm like oh but you'll you're losing this thing that you can't bring back i say just archive it no one will see it but then you can go back and have the fun of being like man look at how much i've grown in the in the future <laughs> and something that that when i was posting more seriously to instagram not only would i archive stuff that didn't fit with the flow of of my posts but it would so it allowed me to post more consistently more regularly and then archive the stuff that didn't fit but in order to maintain a grid in the way that I liked, I, ha- I would always post, uh, say, if I, I, I tried to post three images from any particular session that I was sharing out. And occasionally, if I had a really good session, I would post four photos. And that way, I could go in and unarchive it to get my grid to match back up 
for a little while while I had two other posts filling in from the next. So I would kind of archive and unarchive to keep my grid aligned properly. That might be <laughs> overly obsessive in the way that I was doing stuff, but it's it's a way to to maintain a constantly curated right. thing, even though you're not necessarily going to go in and post three photos at a time or whatever it might be to maintain the grid in the way that you like it. Right. I, I, a quick tip here, something that for landscape anyway, I've done this now a few times on some of the landscapes that I've I've wanted to share. If you cut up the landscape into three shots and post them in the right order, so they end up in the grid in the right sequence. That's a really cool way to be able to show your landscape on Instagram without it yeah. being like this itty bitty picture that <laughs> that doesn't show up very well in like any of the other aspect ratios as a single post. And and on the post itself, it ends up being one where you can kind of like scroll through the photos because you post all three images at once. It's not three separate posts. It's you you post all three. They have to be square. That's a constraint yeah. in Instagram. So you have to have three square images. You post them all at once in a single post. Then they end up in the grid showing you across the, the three spots in the grid. And uh, it's a pretty cool way to be able to, to make that work. So. Yeah. And, and I, I think that there's there are even apps that can help you there do are. that just from your phone. Uh, a, a buddy of mine, he, he posts, now that you have the whatever stacked images that you can yeah, scroll stacked, through, uh-huh. he'll post, um, he's, he's a portrait photographer, but he he's really obsessed with good, clean skin retouching. So he'll post the photo as it is, and then a zoomed in version. And as you scroll through, it shows both halves of the face. So it's like um, one half, and it just uh-huh. looks like you scroll across the image. Uh, I think it's really a cool thing yeah, that he's cool. doing. Yeah, um, that's cool. For, for that. It, yeah. Anyway. All right. So now, now that, you know, we talked about like the grid and having it be something that flows and having all of a sudden a picture of your dog show up might be out of, <laughs> out of, out of sequence there. What's your recommendation, Erica, on personal posts like that? Uh, so like I said earlier, I, for, for Erica K, I do post personal stuff, but what I do post in my, like in the actual gallery is professional. So whether that is a professional photo of my dog that matches, you know, the style of my work or a professional photo of myself or a selfie that I've actually taken, you know, with my own camera, um, I try to keep everything in my feed at that same level and and style and look but then I use my stories to post just like I went to the donut fest on Sunday so I post a bunch of stuff on my on my Instagram stories about all the delicious donuts I was eating so like (laughs) you know I use my stories to continue sharing my personal life with my followers while keeping my actual gallery or feed or whatever you want to call it uh professional and pretty. And I've heard a lot say that's what stories are for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You use, exactly. you use stories to to tell your story as a person to share your you as a personality. And um and that because they you know they only there for the day, they go away, it's not disrupting your feed. It's a nice way to be able to get your audience to know you personally uh without it being there in your grid. So that mm-hmm. that's another option, another possibility, maybe spending some time on that pretty frequently. Um, okay, let's to go about now that this thing, do we have to post daily? Uh, Connor, what do you think? Um, have to is a weird <laughs> way to put that. No, I don't think you have to post daily. I think that posting daily can help you be more engaging and grow a following. So if that's your goal, then sure. If not, you can 
not post daily. You can post weekly like Erica and still maintain a, a great level of business success with the marketing platform. Or if you want to be like me, which I do not advise, you can post once every six months and <laughs> have, have a very, very slow following um, growth. But it, it still happens a little. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like any of the social media services, there's algorithms that are working on your content. And yeah. The, the more engagement you get is really the key on any of the platforms. Engagement yeah. wins. So your posts will be seen if it's engaging. If people are engaging on your post, that makes sure it'll be seen by your followers. But with Instagram, with all of them, um, yeah, posting infrequently tends to be a problem with those algorithms that you're yeah. you're not going to show up. Even if you post like a – you now have an incredible post every six months – uh, it's it's going to be tough to to have that surface. The algorithms are going to hide you. you. You know something yeah. something you say that, and I absolutely believe it. But I do find that when I post less frequently for my particular work, I feel like maybe people just aren't as sick of seeing yeah my work, so they get excited that I I always get much better engagement by posting infrequently. I don't advise anybody to follow the post every six months rule. Please do not take that seriously. It is a bad method if you're trying to have any kind of growth or meaningful progress in your Instagram game. But um, I, I, I could see an argument that says that maybe posting once or twice a week instead of every single day is going to keep people from getting too numbed out on seeing your stuff and allow people to actually want to engage a bit more with without you inundating them constantly with your work. I still think it's more important to make sure you're doing high quality posts than it is yeah. frequent. Frequency, yeah, exactly. The, the content itself is super, super important. So what I what I would advise is don't Try to post every day just to make a post every day. That's yeah. that's that shouldn't be the objective. So you know, don't don't post a picture of your of your coffee for the day because you didn't post today, and I need to post something. So I'm going to post this and then say, oh, it's been a day. Um, I mean, maybe if it's really been a day for you, that then getting to know you and and that's a good story post that you could do, kind of thing. But um, I'm saying, don't let the pressure of I've got to make sure I post every single day so that I can build up my following be the primary driving factor. You need good yeah. content, need engaging content. Something's going to represent you, your brand. Um, and then yes, there is, there is a need for some frequency to, to make that. And the frequency is going to, going to make it, uh, how fast you're going to grow your followers. Totally. All right. The last question. And then we're going to close up the show here. Business versus personal accounts. Or, uh, Erica, what do you think about this? So I, with my two separate photography businesses, I have two different types of accounts. So Erica K is still a personal account. And then I have a business account for UA Creative Studios. I chose to keep Erica K personal because like Facebook, Instagram definitely prefers that businesses pay for their content to be seen. <laughs> right? yeah. um, so, so while the organic reach for businesses is not yet as bad on Instagram as it is on Facebook. Right, right. I definitely see it heading in that direction. And I just don't want to take that chance with Erica Kay. Um, plus, it's, I still feel like it's sort of a personal account for me. It's not strictly business. Uh -huh. um, UA Creative, since we are you know, targeting corporations and businesses and we, we use Instagram in a very different way, we set that up as a business account. We yeah. use it for the ads. We sponsor posts. We like to look at the analytics there. Um, we like to do the things that are very helpful 
to businesses on Instagram. Um, so it just made sense for us to go with the business account route with UA Creative. So I think it just kind of depends on your personal preference on your marketing budget, if you want to use Instagram as marketing, um, and you know your goals with with your business and your Instagram. So yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think that if if you have a budget to put into your Instagram, that going with a business account just for the sake of getting analytics from it mm-hmm, is uh, right. it, it really a fantastic tool and allowing you to to market specifically towards people. I think if you're if you're not planning on putting money into your Instagram account, that should be the point where you're like, yeah, if I don't want to put money into my business uh, Instagram account, I should keep it personal and not a business page. Right. An- another thing um, that I have heard. Uh, recently was there are features that get unlocked in Instagram, even on personal accounts at 10,000 followers. Yes, that is true. So um, if you're targeting things and you want to use personal, you don't want to dump money into it. Maybe you're, you have time and you can spend a lot of time on posting frequently, but really good content when you post Um, targeting 10,000 and working to get there so that you can unlock those features That'd be what kind of features get unlocked, Erica? I don't know the whole list, but I know that you can do things like in stories. If you have more than ten thousand features, you can do the swipe up uh-huh. thing oh, okay. where they where yeah. it takes you to a new right. website, to a link or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. Think, I think you can do some. Yeah, exactly. There's a way to make it so that you can do like links per post instead of just having your bio link, which is the constraint mm-hmm. for uh, the, yeah. the business ones. Yeah, and I think those who have more than 10,000 followers get the new features rolled out to them earlier. Um, So like if there's a general feature that they're rolling out to everybody, the people with the 10,000 plus followers get those, get access to those earlier. Okay. Well, there you go. We, we rounded out some tips there on, on how you can use Instagram in 2019 right now for your photography work. You're going to have to kind of decide for yourself how, how you're going to deal with it, what you want to do. If you want to try it out, uh, I still think you just need to make sure you understand you, you are going to have to allocate some time to it. That's that's going to be required. Uh, let's go to doodads. I'm going to start off. Um, my doodad of the week is Photoshop 20.0.2, which is the most recent version as we record here in late January 2019, and Lightroom 8.1. Now, uh, Lightroom 8.1 has been out for quite a while. It's been pretty solid. I've uh, I've been following the forums. I've been using it myself a lot. And it's been good. The reason I, could, I couldn't recommend upgrading to it was because of the Photoshop side. And you want to keep those two things in sync. That's pretty important to have them be kind of at the same version level. Photoshop had some pretty good issues when they released Photoshop 20 in, I think it was October 2018. Uh, it had some, some real stability problems. And so I was saying, yeah, don't, if you are using this, like you're reliant on this software for your business, just don't go there yet. <laughs> and in 20.0.2, they finally have those bugs kind of worked out for the most part. I'm not saying it'll be perfect and we'll never have a problem. That's still going to be the case. It's still software. But yeah, uh, it, it looks pretty good, pretty solid, and enough that I can now give it my Photo Taco seal of approval. So if you're listening to the, the show and you haven't, you've been waiting to upgrade, um, which I get. A lot of people ask me, is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? It is finally ready. I can recommend it. <laughs> 20.0.2 and Lightroom 8.1. All right. Uh, Connor. Um, so so my 
doodad i just couldn't think of a good one so i thought i would throw in a doodad based on today's conversation and that is later post scheduling yes Um, i love it it's it's fantastic if you're trying to post regularly and you have a block of time earlier in your week that you can kind of get everything together it just allows you to go in select the image that you're going to be posting write whatever things you're going to be writing about set when it wants when you want it to post and it will pop up on your phone to allow you to post and just says hey it's time to do that you just copy everything over to Instagram and post and you're good to go. So it's, it's a great way to um, not constantly be having to write out your posts right before you post them to try and make, make the time if you have a deadline that you're trying to post by, or it, it just makes it easier for you to batch your posts ahead of time. Right. Uh, Ju- can I jump in on yep. that for a second? Yes, please. Two things. One, I, so I used later when we were building up our travel Instagram, Mm -hmm. that is one of the main reasons we were able to get to 12,000 followers in nine months. We scheduled out our posts, um, sometimes up to a whole month of posts in advance. Um, So that is such a good tool and resource. And I'm jealous that I didn't think of it and put it as my doodad before you did. (laughs) Um, Second thing to note is if you have a business account on Instagram and on, this is for Facebook too, do not let it auto post for you because, um, Facebook and Instagram will decrease your organic reach if you let one of those companies automatically post to your account for you, if you have a business account. Um, So make sure you choose the option to where it's just giving you the reminder to post, and then you're able to copy all the information and post it yourself. I wanted to make sure that was clear, too, that later isn't going to do the post for you. It's going to make it easy for you to do the post. It'll remind you to do the post, but you still have to go use the app on your phone, the later app, so that you, you have later in the browser that you're going to build your your post, uh, which is really nice to be able to build it in a browser, having a keyboard and having all your photos accessible to you and everything rather than having to do it all on your phone. And then when the post is supposed to go, it pops up an alert because you have the later app on your phone. And then it's really simple to just um, use the app to, to then make your post into Instagram, right? That's how it works. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Another one I've used is Hootsuite. I know that one's another super popular way to post Instagram, scheduling it and all of that. It's all, Hootsuite, the, one of the differences is later really focuses on Instagram. Hootsuite lets you go to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, have customized posts for each of the formats and all of that. So it's a kind of a more all around uh, social media scheduling tool. And that is one that you will be. Um dinged for uh, I don't know. yeah exactly you'll be dinged for <laughs> right. by the social media gods <laughs> <laughs> yes all right erica what is your doodad uh, my doodad is the most recent upgraded version of version of fundy designer uh, i think we've talked a lot about fundy in the past yeah. it's it's a yeah, it designs albums and, and things like that for you it makes makes life much easier for people who are selling albums products things like that so the most recent the most upgraded version has the normal album designing like it always has um, it has wall collection designing so that you can actually design wall art for your clients like collages essentially canvases or prints or whatever yeah and the newest edition is that it has magazine designing so Ooh. if you want to design your welcome magazines your pricing guides you know pdfs or whatever it has the ability to do that now too so super happy with it and a super useful piece of software so kind of a more user-friendly InDesign 
that right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Excellent. Love those those recommendations. That's great. Good good doodads of the week. And um, at least the Photoshop Lightroom, most of these don't cost money. That's unusual. Yeah. <laughs> Fundy will as you use it, but uh, yeah. Fundy costs money. Yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> That's uh, that's great. We're going to close up the show now. We want to remind you a couple of things. And this is the part where everyone just now skips and, and you know, doesn't listen to the show anymore. But <laughs> masterphotographypodcast.com, that's, uh, that's where you go to find all the show notes. And you're going to want the show notes. We have so much content there in the show notes. We work really hard on them. So I'd love for you to go see them over at masterphotographypodcast.com. Facebook group, we have a, a good community of photographers over there. You can search for Master Photography Podcast or even better, go to the show notes on masterphotographypodcast.com and it'll have a link so you don't have to search and you can find it really easily. You can find my work at jsharmanphotos.com. My other podcast is phototacopodcast.com and on Facebook, Harmon Jeff, Twitter, Harmon underscore Jeff and Instagram, Harmon Jeff, but that's all in the show notes so you don't have to remember any of it. Erica, where can people find you? <laughs> you guys can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, on the general interwebs uh, by searching Erica K Photography. That's Erica with a C and K-A-Y Photography. And then obviously you can check out Portrait Session, the Portrait Session podcast with me and Connor. Yeah. yeah. Excellent show. I love the Portrait Session podcast. All right, Connor, what about you? Uh, you can find my work at connorhibbs.photography or on Instagram. You can go and follow me and have me not engage with you for six <laughs> months at a time. Uh, you can follow me at Connor Hibbs Photography. And of course, again, Portrait Session Podcast is a great show that you should go listen to. All right. So for all of you who actually waited to hear all of that, thank you. That was that was awesome. <laughs> and, uh, and we're so glad to have you listening to the show. We, we appreciate all of you so much. And we'll see you all again in another seven days. 